Yes, yes, yes. Welcome everybody back into Pinpointed. Yes, sir. Let's get the show on the road. Follow us on Pinpointed Sports on Insta, Pinpointed on Spotify and YouTube as well. That's where all the content will be shared. And you know who's on the mic. It is your boy, Al. With Pinpointed, we talk in the Boston Celtics game two just ended. My goodness, you're going to get my reaction, my analysis right now because holy cow, we have to go through what just happened. So the Boston Celtics now are up 2-0 in the series. And I'm going to speed run this with my take and let me know what you think because my bracket, I did not pick the Celtics to make the finals. I have them beating the Nets, but then eventually losing to the Bucks, And then I have the Suns over the Bucks in the finals. But now we have some new developments. The Suns just lost Booker for a couple games. He has hamstring tightness, had the injury before in this season already, so we don't know how he's going to be playing or how he will be in the future. The Bucks are a strong team, but currently are struggling to the Bulls. Concerns there. 76ers aren't looking as good as they are. Harden has struggled in the past couple games. The only real team that poses a threat currently that I see for the Celtics is Miami Heat, who have the same similar build. I talked about this in my previous podcast, my last one yesterday, and they are probably the toughest team for the Celtics to play. Jimmy Butler, my gosh, just played a 40-point bomb on their opponents on the freaking Hawks. So, But that's near, neither here nor there. I'm making that point that the Celtics have a legit chance here to make a run and I might have predicted this thing wrong here. And I was a Celtics fan. I wish I was wrong about this. But hey, this is something that could be potentially good here. But nevertheless, let's go back into game two. And let me go through what just happened. So, Celtics struggled early on. Tatum and Brown struggled from the field. Tatum was only made a couple shots in the beginning of the half. He was below 25% from the field. Didn't even make a three-pointer, I don't think. Got to line a couple times. Neither here nor there. KD and Kyrie also struggled from the field in the first half. In the whole game, they all struggled. KD was 4 of 17, less than 30%. Kyrie, 4 of 13, just a little bit above that. Tatum, 5 of 16, awful. Brown actually finished 50% from the field, 9 of 18. Um, 30% from 3, 33% from 3, which is okay. But the stars in this game, one of the takeaways was the star in this game, the stars struggled. And because of that was the defense that picked up from Boston and the Nets defense that picked up from game one. So the Nets brought a bunch of bodies, brought a bunch of effort, brought a bunch of emphasis to guard Tatum and Brown throughout this entire game. Every time Tatum got the ball in the low post, Brown in the low post, quick double or potentially always have a guy that prevents that rotational ball to go through. Smart off the screen looking for Tatum down low. There's going to create a ton of havoc with Bruce Brown or KD always on that player to try to prevent that pass. And a similar thing, this is a, something that the Nets took from the pay, uh, from the Celtics playbook. Exact same game, defensive game plan on their two stars. And in comparison to the Nets stars and KD and Kyrie, man, did they struggle. And huge kudos to the Celtics defense. I mean, my God. I mean, KD already was six turnovers in the entire game. He struggled a minus 10 plus minus differential. He was four of 17 from the floor. He had 27 points because he had 18 free throws made. So over 70% of his points came from the free throw line. Second observation, a t the physicality in this, in this game, in this series is going to be extremely brutal. The amount of fouls, we had over 15, almost again, 15 fouls in the first quarter. 
We had over 20 and a half. I mean, it was insanity. The Nets were in the bonus seven minutes into the third quarter. That's over half of the third quarter remaining, in this, in this, and the Nets were already in the bonus. And the Celtics would have ran away with this game, I believe, if it wasn't for that. The Celtics had to play a little less aggressive from that because now every time they try to play that aggressive and feisty defense on KD, Kyrie, and the rest of the boys, they were called for a lot of fouls. And that brought a ton of trips to the line for KD, who had ended up with 20 free throws. We had Brown had four free throws and others. So KD got a ton of trips to the line because of that. And the refs totally changed how they were coaching, I mean not coaching, refing this entire game. In the second half, throughout this entire series for the first game and a half, they were letting a lot of jousting going, a lot of hand touching, a lot of you know, feisty defense allowing t- allow, uh, allowing the defense to prevent a lot of specific offensive patterns to happen. It was a very defensive, heavy uh, referee. Like, they were allowing a lot of this physicality. But then in the second half of this game, everything was called differently. You couldn't have both hands on the players or else that was going to call be called automatically. And you saw how the game shifted eventually. Both defenses had to change their game plan. And I'm fine with that because that allows all the stars to get going a little bit more. But we saw a ton of fouls. That was observation number two. Kind of caused the Celtics to really retract the way they played defense. They still were very aggressive and still got what they needed in the fourth. But the biggest thing was the Celtics were their ability to take over this game in the fourth. And it was the complete opposite from game one because in game one, the Nets were taking over with Kyrie with 39 points. He was going off. But in game two... The Celtics clamped for seven straight minutes. The Nets couldn't buy a bucket. They had only two points or two or four points throughout that seven and a half minute stretch. It was unbelievable. And Tatum was distributing. He had 10 assists. Horford, and this was the biggest thing here in the fourth, but we saw this throughout the entire game. The role players for the Celtics are better than the role players for the Nets. It's as simple as that, which is why the Celtics are winning this series and the Nets are not. Horford, 16 points, 50% from three, over 50% from the field. Tice, over over 70% from the field, 15 points. Smart with 12. Brown with 22. We had Grant Williams with 17 with three of three from three. Six free throws. Add in White. Add in Pritchard who had 10. Pritchard played almost six, over six minutes in the fourth quarter. It was incredible. I was, I was sitting over there and watching this game. I was like, my God, I wonder if Smart's like okay with this. All of a sudden, Pritchard, Pritchard's replacing the man. This guy has a quick step back, three-pointer, and the place was rocking. And kudos to Brown for having a couple huge buckets late in the fourth quarter that kind of got the Celtics, when they were down six, to tie the game, and then he had a huge three-pointer to take the lead. But the Celtics' role players came through again. Horford, another MVP-type game for the Celtics. Six-man, almost, he's in the starting rotation, but you know what I mean, that kind of contribution. You can almost say it's like a sixth-man, like a fifth-man kind of uh, um, contribution that he had. And then as far as for the Nets, you only have Bruce Brown. He had an odd game, 23 points. He started... 12 points in that first quarter. Besides that, he didn't have much. Gordon Dragic played really well, and Seth Curry, I mean, Seth Curry made his threes. But you're all of a sudden looking at the Celtics bench, you're like, you're taking those guys and their ability to play defense and potentially knock down shots over the Nets. And just like that, 
the Celtics take a tour seriously now pinpointed people I'm looking a little bit a little bit wrong here because my god I am loving the way the Celtics play and I kind of had my reservations if they could beat Giannis but this defense if they are giving KD the most the biggest nightmare on the court he is wavering left and right not sure where to go constantly turning the ball over unability un inability to make shots I mean if anything this is going to fluster Giannis even more so the Celtics are looking real good right now. I do want to wait to see if they can win this game on the road and potentially even go up a lot bigger in this series, 3-0, 3-1, and end it 4-1. But a lot of positives here for the Celtics. They're often struggled in the beginning, but how they finished gives me a lot, a lot of positives to take away from that. And this is just something that they're going to grow from. My goodness. Can the Celtics win the chip? I don't know, but it's looking better and better. We'll follow the series and others along here at Pinpointed. So stick with us. Once again, thank you guys for listening. That is Pinpointed, where we're looking at all your favorite sports every week. Give you little updates. Check us out on Spotify and Apple Music, where this podcast will be posted. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Later.